Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 93 with Greg Bray of Blue Tangerine, and he runs a website digital marketing agency. And we're going to dive into a topic that gets us both uh, pumped up, fired up, whatever you want to call it. And that is SEO agencies that basically make it sound like voodoo, black magic, and there's a lot of uh, scammers within the industry. So we're going to add some transparency, uh, some tips and tricks for looking at an SEO agency, hiring one, evaluating your current one, kind of all of the above. So Greg brings a depth of knowledge to this topic. He's a practitioner. He's been doing it for a long time. He's been helping a lot of clients do it for a long time. Uh, So I think you'll really enjoy this. I think it'll be super actionable and helpful for you. Sit back and relax. Enjoy episode 93 with Greg Bray. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about BuildBook, who in addition to sponsoring this episode, they've developed a program to help all of you during this extremely difficult time. If you don't know what they do, they offer a tool that funnels all the conversations and decisions that occur between you, your team, and your client before, during, and after projects into one place and made it dead simple to use. They've taken something that is chaotic for most of you, like staying on top of all the messages you're getting over text, phone calls, job site conversations, you name it, and brought it into one channel that's simple for anyone on your team to use. Look, I don't need to tell you guys this, but good, clear communication with your clients and team is more critical now than it has ever been. BuildBook knows how important this is for you as well, but also knows the strain this crisis is having on your business. So they're offering their software to you for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. To help you get through this unprecedented time, BuildBook has put together a program to provide you with some free resources, including their software. It's an amazing opportunity that I strongly encourage you to take advantage of. So hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777. That's one word, BUILDBOOK. They'll immediately send you a link that brings you directly to the page to sign up. There are no strings attached. It's just their way of doing what they can to support your business. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK, one word, to 33777 to get your free account. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey, Greg, glad to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks, Spencer. It's great to be with you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited for the conversation because it actually was prompted from an email that I sent out and you're, you're on our email list and you responded. And I feel like we share a, a lot of similar feelings on this, this topic. So I'm excited to see where it takes us. But uh, before we get too deep in the weeds, how did you get involved with, you know, the building industry and just serving this space? Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting question because um, I come from the technology uh, background. So, so my uh, undergraduate was computer science, um, and I ended up in a web development job um, right out of school. Um, now, granted, 
I, I know I don't sound that old, but you know, this is, this is 95. So, you know, we were, we were doing, uh, you know, browsers called Netscape and Mosaic and, and some of these things, you know, going home and yeah. Yeah, going, going home and using 28 a modems to connect, you know, back to the office and, and things like that. So, so it's changed a lot, but, um, as I got into it, I ended up at a uh, development company that was owned by a former builder. Um, hmm. And so he had sold off his home building, um, was trying to get into the tech world. This is kind of um, early dot-com before the bubble pop, you know, and, and so this little internet startup. And, and so because of that, he started kind of introducing um, his contacts to us, and, and it became clear even then that the internet was going to be an important part of real estate marketing, uh, as people were learning still just what they could do online and how to search and find things. Uh, and so, so yeah, we started working for some builders, and and then as you kind of get to know an industry and realize some of the the commonalities and opportunities there, um, I personally had to learn the marketing piece you know, because that, that wasn't, now I, I did go back to school, get an MBA. So I got some formal marketing training as part of that, but, um, but really learning that over time uh, is kind of how I've evolved from being the guy who knows how to, you know, kind of put the technology together to actually, you know, from a selling and, and implementation from a marketing perspective as well. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I don't feel like you see that too often where people start in tech and, and back their way. And I feel like a lot of stories start, you know, with, you know, some family connection or they, you know, worked some job sites. And so it's cool to hear, uh, hear about somebody that came in from another angle. Cause what I've found too, is just a lot of times when you take things you learn from another industry and you apply them to any other industry, you find a lot of creativity and ideas that you can apply crossing over because that industry isn't exposed to all those other ideas and, and things. So I think that's super cool. Um, but back to, back to this, uh, I guess, topic that we wanted to dive into today, which is really that of, of SEO, but more around SEO agencies and, and both of us being in the marketing world and the uh, marketing space for quite some time, you get used to getting these emails that you get through your contact us form on your website that say, hello, sir, we noticed you're not ranking on Google and we'd love to help you. We have the best SEO services for $200 a month or whatever, you know, you get these garbage emails. And, uh, and so what we want to talk about is actually how, what are you looking for in an SEO company? Cause there's so many of them out there charging hundred bucks, 300, 600, a thousand every month. And they're doing keyword stuff or these random things uh, that their clients don't know about, but they just were sold kind of a bag of goods. And they said, okay, I got to do SEO. So let's kind of start at the top, you know, like how should we approach this? What should you be looking for at a high level when you're going to hire somebody to do your SEO? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the, the most obvious one. If they're contacting you from a gmail.com email address, <laughs> they may not be a real agency, right? I, I feel like one of those Jeff Foxworthy uh, redneck things. They may not be a real agency, right? Yeah. But, yeah. If <laughs> but, it starts with <laughs> my sir slash madam. Yes, know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So, so, I mean, there, there is some of that, um, you know, it, Gosh, Spencer, when, when this opportunity, you know, kind of came up, you started, I, I just had all kinds of thoughts flying through my head because we run into this so often. There's so much confusion out there as to 
what even is SEO? What should I even be getting? Um, you know, and, and so I think the, the first thing to look for is can someone explain that to you in a way that you're comfortable with? You know, where if they're just confusing you, you shouldn't be giving them your money. They, they, need to be able, they need to be able to explain what they're going to do, why it matters. Now, granted, you can't go so technical into some of this that the eyes glaze over and everybody's like, stop it, you're, you're hurting me, you know, kind of a thing. Um, and so there's that balance. But from a business standpoint, you know, SEO needs to be understood as to what's our goal, what's our plan, what tactics are we going to do to get there? How are those going to evolve over time? Because they need to as we get feedback in the process. And how are we going to know if we're successful? What, what are those measurements of success? Yeah, those are, are great questions. And in diving into some of those metrics, you know, what are some common metrics that you can use? You know, and there, there's so many that we can look at, but if you're trying to evaluate, you know, an SEO agency and you're, they're telling you some things and you're understanding it. So we've kind of hit that phase one. Uh, what are some goals? What are some targets? What kinds of things can you expect? Where, where a lot of agencies focus on is rankings, right? We're going to get you number one for this keyword, whatever that is. And, and rankings are a piece of it, but it's not really the right metric, in my opinion, to focus on. Because what if I rank you number one for the wrong keyword that none of your particular audience is even using to search on? Right. I mean, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so right there, rankings alone are, are not useful um, by in and of themselves. They're, they're a tool to use to help us achieve our goal, but they're not the end. So if, so if they are saying, you know, hey, we are going to get you a ranking of whatever for this many keywords or, or whatnot, that, that alone is not good enough. So then, then you move into, okay, well, what about increasing site traffic? So that hold on, is, hold on. Before yeah, we sure. go to site traffic, I want to, let's dig into that a little bit. Cause you said, Maybe a company will promise like, hey, we're going to rank you number one for 10 keywords or 20 or whatever the number is. And so what you're saying is, hey, a keyword could be home builder in Dallas, but another keyword could be, you know, auto shop in Dallas. Totally irrelevant. And I went way off the grid there, just totally irrelevant. But it also could be like some really long question or you know, something super specific that maybe is super easy to rank for and gets a handful of searches a month versus something like Home Builder in Dallas, which is going to get hundreds, if not, you know, thousands. Is that kind of what you're saying? Is yeah, you can't definitely. necessarily compare one to another. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and there may be a very relevant keyword, you know, that that is exactly what you offer. But if the audience doesn't actually use it, you know, if you do the research and nobody's actually searching on that, it, it, you, you know, I can be number one for a keyword that gets one search a month. It's not going to really help me very much, you know, even if it's the perfect keyword. So there's a balance between relevancy and volume that has to be looked at when you start doing that research into those keywords. Great, great. So then next you're saying site traffic. Yeah, site, site traffic is, is another important part of the puzzle. Um, and so again, raising site traffic is okay, that might be a useful metric to measure on. But again, if it's the wrong traffic, I mean, I can go buy traffic. I mean, traffic is, you know, but if it's not my target audience, if it's not the people that are going to buy my product, if it's not, even even if they're looking for a new home, if they're looking for a starter home and I'm selling, you know, luxury 
custom homes or whatever, it's, it's the wrong, it's the wrong audience. It's not going to translate into what we really want. What we really want, the metric we really want are leads, qualified leads that turn into sales. Uh, and so, so now granted, as, as an agency that is generating leads, I can't always control the sale piece, right? That, that's, a, that's a part beyond where totally. you can, can expect that. But we need to be understanding the sales piece to make sure that we're really giving you the right kinds of, of traffic and leads as part of that. So that was kind of a roundabout way to get there. Did I, did I get there? I think I did. <laughs> I think we got there. Basically what you said is it's, it's not just one metric necessarily. There's, there's multiple things to look at, you know, when you're, when you're deciding what are my goals, you know, there is keywords, there's site traffic, but then there's the relevancy, the quality and the quantity of those components as well. Exactly. Uh, A lot of different dials to turn into all of this for sure. Yeah. Which is part of the reason I think a lot of these companies have been able to just kind of try to confuse a lot of people and say, Hey, it's, you know, this is what you're paying for. And somebody went to a conference and they go, Oh, I need SEO. So great. These guys can do it. You know, I'll, I'll pull the trigger and they'll do some keyword stuff for me. So um, what kinds of questions can you ask these agencies, whether they proactively reach out to you or you're actively looking for them when you're actually talking to them before you've signed, what are some good questions? I, I think some of the questions, again, do they, can they explain what they do? Um, do they claim to be an expert in everything? You know, that, that becomes a little bit of, of a red flag for me. Um, do they understand your industry? Uh, now, granted, I can, I can take my SEO skills and, and go work for anybody if I'm willing to do the research and, and the effort. But are you really the one that wants to pay them for that research and, and that kind of that understanding? Or can they bring to you some industry knowledge and say, hey, by the way, we know that, you know, new homes in zip code is or is not a good kind of um, keyword to use for your particular situation without having to figure that out for six months testing, you know, because they've already kind of learned some of those things. Um, talking to references, of course, again, it's a lot about, it's, it's about trust. At the end of the day, SEO as a technical um, enterprise or endeavor, I should say, is, is a little bit fuzzy to those who aren't in it every day. Frankly, it's a little bit fuzzy because Google doesn't tell us everything we want to know. <laughs> so it's a little bit fuzzy to those of us who are in it every day. Um, and Absolutely. so there has to be a trust factor there. You know, you've got, you've got to be able to establish trust and, and know that, that someone is doing the best they can because the flip side of it is, is that I can do all the right things and still not necessarily get the ideal result because it's a competitive environment. There are other people competing for those same keywords and I can be a, a, a great um, implementer at all the things and doing all the right things and still maybe not come out on top the way that, that we want to. And so does that mean I ripped you off? Does that mean that I, you know, sh- was a bad job? You know, um, not necessarily um, from that standpoint either. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I was just talking to somebody on my team about this concept as it relates to SEO. and you know, I think that's one of the things that makes it frustrating from the client side receiving, you know, the service of SEO, but it's also frustrating for the person delivering it is there's so many factors. Google doesn't tell them all to us. Uh, A lot of them have been learned, but there's still so many unknowns. And then the big piece is it's competitive in nature in that 
it's not like you're saying, hey, I need to get my website to this certain level. And that's the level for everybody. It's, hey, I'm sitting here in Dallas. I'm in Seattle. I'm in Denver. Who is my competition for this keyword or these set of keywords or these topics? And now you're really in competition against them. And so to your point, like if you have some really tough competition, it might be a, a battle. It might be a multi-year battle to displace them for certain keywords. Whereas if you go into maybe a smaller city or town where there's not a lot of competition, you could do the same activity in both markets and you might jump right to the top within six or nine months. Uh, is that kind of what you're, you're deciding? Yeah, you know, definitely um, where you are and how competitive that market is and, and who your competitors are, what they're spending and investing in their websites and efforts all comes into, into, into um, the, the play of all of it. But then the other piece too is the way that over the last few years, search results have become more personalized. Um, and so I can search on a keyword phrase where I am and you search on that same phrase where you are. And because Google knows something about where I am, maybe I'm logged into an account with them. Um, maybe there's you know, other factors coming into it. I will see different results than you do because of, of that um, local kind of uh, experience that comes into play or, or Google trying to guess at what I'm really after. And so even with all the same things, different searches are going to be different results for different people. Great point. Yeah. Which just, if, if it wasn't complicated enough, let's just <laughs> add the personalization piece on there. Yeah. And there's, there's this fun thing called unknown keywords that Google did a while back. And uh, basically for those of you listening that maybe don't know what that is, you know, as marketers, we used to be able to see what people searched to find our websites. So if they typed in something like home builder in Dallas, and then they land on your site, you could see, oh, I got one visit for that search. So you could kind of see how you were doing. Well, Google said, hey, if, if you're signed into a Gmail account or a Google account, we're just going to hide that data from you. <laughs> and they're like, it'll probably be about three to 5% of, of your you know total traffic. So it won't impact well, it turns out that was about like 98% of people are signed <laughs> into a Google account. So we have even less data to work with. But uh, let's talk about maybe some some red flags to look out for. I think we've already kind of hit on, on a couple. You know, you said, hey, if they if they have a Gmail account and they're emailing yeah. you, you know, that's <laughs> maybe a red flag. But, you know, if, if you're talking to somebody, you're in a conversation what are some things that maybe raise the alarm bell and go, eh, I don't know if, if this is, you know, something yeah. good. <laughs> I, I think, I think some of the things that, that I kind of react to are one time projects, you know, as opposed to an ongoing optimization process. Now that's not to say that there aren't times where a one time project makes sense. I, I do believe that, that there are times, but in general, SEO is, a recurring ongoing process because again, it's a competitive environment and it's an environment where Google changes things and where other things are, are happening that you have to react to and have to be able to adjust. And you don't always know the impact of what you're doing. So you have to be able to see that impact and have time to do that. So, so anybody who says they're going to get it done in a month and going to fix it forever, that's a red flag for me. Um, it, it, it really, again, you could, you could certainly improve something, if, and if that's all you got the budget for, that still may be worth doing. Um, but that's that's one that, that jumps out at me as a red flag. 
Yeah, um, that's a really good one. Yeah, any more that that come to mind? You know, just the just the you know the super twenty five dollar a month kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that again, if if that's um, really SEO is kind of labor intensive and and good people cost money uh, to do that. So uh, it doesn't mean you have to spend ten thousand a month though. I mean, you can and you can do certainly some things, you know, with, with certain budgets, you can, you can find something of value, but to really do something right is going to take a few hours a month of somebody's time. And, and this is a trained person with some learning and, and is not, you know, a, a $5 an hour kind of person to really yes, do this right. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit in terms of activities. Cause I think a lot of times when these and I haven't seen a lot of the proposals that maybe some of these shady agencies are giving out. I've seen a couple over the years when people, I get them on the phone and they're just like, yeah, I'm spending 400 a month. And you know, what are they doing for you? They're like, I don't know. You know, so like, what are some things that they should be doing? If somebody's working on your SEO and we don't have to go way deep in the weeds, but what are they doing? Cause most of the time somebody says, I don't know, they're changing out my keywords. I'm going, yeah. Okay. Well, I have some questions now. So. Yeah, for sure. And and I think, uh, Spencer, from some of the things I've seen you put out, I think we probably agree on this. I kind of see three buckets of SEO tasks that, that somebody can work on. The first one are, is kind of technical um, improvements within the way the site is structured. Um, the, the second one is content related. So, this is where you get into keywords, what's, what's on the page itself. And then the third one are kind of those off-site activities of, of how you deal with the rest of the internet and, and the way that it perceives you, who you are in your site and things like that. So gets into some of the, the local business listings like on Google My Business or you know, other citation sources, things like that. Um, so, so when I look at, at those three kind of buckets, I, I often see people only focused on one of those in, in, in their service offerings. And it may be because that's all they know how to do, or that's all they have access to do. It may be because they don't understand the, the full picture. Uh, but to really be comprehensive, you really need to have something happening in all three of those areas. Um, so, so again, technical, getting into how the site's put together and fixing some of those issues. And, and again, not to get into what all those details are, you know, but, but the content and the keywords is the one I think people understand the, mm -hmm. the best, you know, from a, from a non-technical person. So there is a lot of discussion about that. Um, but by itself, it doesn't do everything you can do. Again, improving any of it makes a, makes an improvement. So it's not that it's wrong, but, but you're missing opportunities if you don't kind of touch all of those areas. Yeah. Great point. And, and putting them in those buckets makes a lot of sense. And you're right. A lot of times people think about the content or um, maybe they start thinking about the technical because they've heard about, oh, I got to optimize my images or some things like that. But there are definitely, you know, a slew of activities under each of those buckets, which we won't dive into today. But that probably prompts some questions that you can start asking. Hey, what are you doing from a technical standpoint with my website? Hey, what are you doing from a content standpoint? What are you doing from an offsite, you know, standpoint? Those are great questions to ask. I think another thing that comes up is around guarantees. You know, yes. so you see you see this a lot with these these companies and they'll say, "Oh, well we can guarantee you number one rankings." Is there anything with SEO that you can guarantee? Um I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, not not uh, not in the kind of way where I'm going to give you all your money back if I don't achieve <laughs> it. I guess you know, and and that sounds 
yeah, that that sounded really bad the way that came out. But <laughs> the, uh, the, the, I think it's true, though. It, yeah. There's so many variables. Yeah, I don't know how you could guarantee what, something. What, and, and again, part of that, though, gets down into measuring the right outcome, right? Because if we're trying to guarantee, you know, a particular ranking, again, that's not the right outcome to be worried about. Can I guarantee that we're going to increase overall traffic and leads? Yeah, I think I can. If, if you have a site that, that needs optimization, we know these things work. Um, can I guarantee that, that over time, if we track it properly and we are not generating a positive ROI for your investment, then we need to stop? Yeah, I can guarantee that, that, that if we're not going to give you an ROI, then we need to stop. Um, you know, this is, now granted, that ROI doesn't come in the first month. Um, it, it takes time to, to harvest that. You got to plant seeds and let them grow and, and then and harvest later. But, um, but that I can guarantee for sure. But, but if you're getting into this, we're, we, we guarantee doubling your traffic or guarantee certain rankings. I, I absolutely big red flag for me. Yeah. Because usually if, if there is that sort of guarantee, either one is a straight up lie or just an unknown, like how could you, or secondarily, there's something what we would call black hat or shady going on, which if Google catches on, then that's going to be more detrimental to you than having a guaranteed number one ranking. Cause that could disappear overnight if they, if they find that out. So <laughs> completely agree. Um, yeah. I, I like the way you answered that, you know, cause I think you see that a lot. I think that's a, ta- a sales tactic among a lot of the SEO companies just say, yeah, we'll, we'll throw out this guarantee and we'll, we'll get some money in the door and hopefully we hit the guarantee. And you know, if not, then, oh, well, we'll, we'll try to just, you know, dodge this person in the future. <laughs> you know, you so. know, I definitely have heard horror stories from, from some of our clients about their prior experiences where, you know, yeah. Hey, I don't, I don't know what they were doing for me. They, they stopped talking to me, you know, they just, take the money. And, and again, are they just trying to, to take the money as long as they can until somebody catches on and then move on to the next one because they've got a good sales team, but not a real good execution process that goes with that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is how a lot of these companies get built as really good sales organizations. <laughs> if you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at Billbook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. What about some SEO misconceptions? You talk to a lot of people in the industry. What are some things that you hear people are thinking about SEO or they're doing SEO and they start kind of talking about SEO in a certain way and you're going, that's not, that's not right. You know, the, the biggest one that comes to mind is it's too expensive. 
Mm. Um, and, and I think that when you look at SEO from the lens of this is something I have to do to be competitive and, and I, I don't like it and it's just an expense on my marketing budget that you're missing kind of the big picture, right? This, this should be an investment that generates a return. And how many more homes do you need to sell this year for this SEO program to pay for itself? And is that um, number realistic? Is that one more home? <laughs> you know, then yeah, that's probably pretty realistic. If you got to sell 10 a week, maybe it's not, you know, to, to pay for it. So I think the idea that it's too expensive, it shouldn't be expensive at all. It should be paying for itself multiple times over. Now, again, it's going to take a few months to get there. It's not, it's not going to do that in the first, the first month. Um, but that's one of those big misconceptions. I can't afford this. Uh, is is really one that that comes out at me. Um, uh, another one that that comes is just the idea that it's just about a small number of keywords. I or they get, they get too focused on the magic keyword that they think they need to rank for. You know, new homes in you know your city name is obviously a very relevant keyword, but it's not the only one that's going to drive you traffic. And it may be too competitive that it's not worth the time to go after. And yes. we and we need to spend our time pursuing more achievable keyword phrases and, and focusing there. So, so yeah, this, this idea, I lots of times get, you know, these, well, the, the big boss says it's not working because we're still not number one on this one keyword <laughs> that they care about. And, it, you know, that's, that's just, again, a misunderstanding of how this all really works and comes together. Yeah. Those, those are some great ones. And you definitely, you hear that all the time, you know, Hey, we're, we need to get number one for this keyword or these three keywords or, you know, the list is often short and you're going, do you know how many dozens, if not hundreds of keywords and phrases and questions and topics there are? And when, when you look at the competitive nature of usually that one, two or three keywords that they want to rank for, you're going, those are probably a long-term, we're going to have to duke it out for these keywords let's pick off some low hanging fruit while we work towards those, you know? So I think that's a, a really good point. Um, I know you get fired up about this subject. Anything else come into mind about uh, like SEO agencies or things people should know? Yeah. You know, there, there's one more and that is the agency that all they do is email, automatically email you a monthly report and, and you just get this PDF of charts and graphs and numbers that you have no idea what it means and nobody ever explains it to you. Um, nobody, this is, you know, all right, what does this mean? Is up good or up bad? You know, at least, at least <laughs> tell me that on this, on this chart, you know, and are we going in the right direction? Are things working? I mean, we always try really hard to have a therefore what conversation about our reports. Um, now, granted, um, reports take time and effort to generate. And that's one reason that that's a place that gets um, uh, shortcutted on the low budget programs is the reporting and, and discussion and strategy piece, because it takes time to sit there and look at a report. It's not the generation that takes the time. It's reviewing it, understanding it, analyzing it and saying, okay, did it work? Did it not work? What do we need to do different next month in order to keep things moving in the right direction? Um, that type of piece I see a lot. And, and that frustrates me because again, that, that connects right back to the, I don't know what they're doing for me. You know, if, if they're having a conversation, it doesn't have to be monthly. It could be quarterly, it'd be just fine. It, you know, um, just, just being able to understand what they're doing because they're showing you, Hey, here's what we did. Here's the impact it's having. And here's what we want to do now because of what we're seeing going on. 
Man, that was a, a great uh, great one to end on because it just triggered. I've just been talking to this guy um, in the last couple of weeks and very similar scenario. You know, he said, hey, I used to work with this SEO guy. They really knew what they were doing. We got to number one for all these keywords and, you know, they were happy with how things were going. But he said the last few years they've been on autopilot and he would email the guy and say, hey, you know, do we need to make any changes or what are you doing? He's like, well, we're kind of in a, if it's not broke, don't fix it sort of situation. So he was basically just charging the guy to do nothing because the impression was we're doing pretty well. I glanced at the Google analytics and organic traffic has just been slowly declining. And I'm going, this isn't going in the right direction. But to your point, like a perfect example of just misinformation or the reporting is just automated. And you, so you feel like something's happening because you're getting a report but no communication around what the data is meaning or uncovering anything. And I mean, it only took me a matter of, you know, 60 seconds to look and go, well, just globally things are decreasing. So I think, you know, to your point, that's excellent. You know, there's more that goes into a report. There's the analysis, the adjustment, what are you going to do with that information moving forward? So uh, Greg, I've got uh, you know one last segment of the show that we'll get to here, but you know if people want to learn more about what you do or connect with you, what's a good way to do that? Yeah, our website uh, bluetangerine.com. That's tangerine like the fruit, just spelled uh, that way. Um, Greg G R E G at bluetangerine.com is my email. I'm always willing to to help out, answer questions best I can, and you know if somebody has a question about a proposal or something that somebody sent them, happy to give them quick feedback on that and, and just see what's going on or look at those reports like you were just describing and, and see if we see something. We do offer a, a free, you know, SEO audit um, just to kind of look through somebody's analytics and the website and just see if we see any glaring opportunities that, that we think might, might make a difference. So happy to offer that too to someone who might be interested. Very cool. Yeah. And, and definitely take Greg up on those if, if you're, thinking about SEO or transitioning or, you know, you've got somebody working for you and you want to, you know, say, Hey, let's, let's look at some of these reports, but Greg, let's get to the last segment here. We call it the fast five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions. Just say whatever comes to mind. Uh, the, fir the first one is what is your favorite business book and why? Um, I'm going to have to go with, with the seven habits, um, by Stephen Covey, um, read that one, uh, early in my career. I've read it three or four times um, now. Uh, that one's just really, really connected with, with all those different things. And I still struggle, for those who are familiar with it, I still struggle to get out of the important but not urgent quadrant <laughs> and, and move yeah. <laughs> or, or into, sorry, into the important but not not urgent. I'm, I'm stuck in urgent all the time. Yeah. yeah. So they said that backwards, but anyway, um, great book. Um, if, if you, if you haven't uh, studied that one a little bit, I think we can all still learn a lot from that. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, all right. Next question is who is the most inspirational person in your life? Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to say right now, um, definitely my wife, you know, she just amazes me constantly with everything that she's able to do. Um, you know, we've been married now, um, over 25 years. So, um, definitely, wow, my, yeah, awesome. my, my, my soulmate and, um, the one that makes it all, all worthwhile. That's, that's why I, uh, do what I do is to, is to make her smile. So very cool. I love that. All right. Next question is if you could have one superpower, what would that be? 
I, I need more time in the day. So I don't know. <laughs> is that a superpower to, uh, to, to kind of stop and get my sleep. stuff done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to go for that one. I, there's always, there's always more to do and, and it's always good stuff. And so I could always use a few more hours. So if I can control time somehow that way, that'd be nice. I like that one. Yeah. Manipulate time. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. Describe yourself in three words. Oh gosh. Three words. Um, I'm going to say, um, I am, um, I'm analytical. Um, I am, um, reliable. Um, and man, I hate talking about myself. Um, so, so yeah, modest. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just go with that. So now, can I can I resubmit those later if I think of yeah, better yeah. words? We'll, so, well, no, those are good ones. All right. Final question is: If you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? You know, I I think. Um, where I see people, and again, just kind of connecting back to today's topic, um, is now we've scared them all into not wanting to, to go with any SEO agency because we told them all the bad things that can happen, right? <laughs> yeah. It's it's still better to try it and 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 you know um, you know look out for some of the things that we've looked out for, but but SEO is a critical part of today's marketing strategy, and you can't if you're not doing it because you're worried about going with the wrong agency, um, you you need to at least try it with somebody um, and, and move forward because it is an absolutely critical part of, of today's digital environment, even more so as people are stuck at home and searching more and more and, and using the internet even more than they did just a few months ago to, to find things. So, so that's it. You know, don't, don't let the uh, analysis and the fear of making a mistake stop you from moving forward is really that, I guess, to sum it up. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, it's it's not going away. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Greg, thanks so much for taking the time to yeah talk about this stuff. I know you get get fired up about it, so I appreciate the time. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Greg. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Greg. Uh, I definitely did. This is a topic we get fired up about, and it's it's kind of the way I was talking to Greg uh, after the show about it was we feel like the SEO kind of low quality company that's just doing shady stuff and they're just very sales oriented, not delivery oriented is kind of the equivalent to the Chuck in the truck in the construction space. You know, that, that guy gives the professionals a bad rap, just like these shady SEO companies give SEO a bad rap. SEO is not going away and it's a super powerful strategy it's one that we've seen has impacted our own business, our client's business in an extremely positive way from a lead flow perspective. If you've been investing in SEO and it's working and you've been doing this for some time, you probably went through this challenge that we've all been facing the last few months and didn't see a huge dip. Uh, whereas if your strategy was heavily reliant on things, uh, outbound strategies or event-based strategies, like all those things went to zero. And so uh, everything is moving online and it's a huge opportunity to start building that investment and that asset in your website. So let's pull out some takeaways from today. I think the first one being, hey, if you're working with an existing agency, use some of the questions and some of the pointers that Greg walked you through to go back to that company and start asking the, the tougher questions. Ask what they're doing on a monthly basis. 
ask what the reports mean, have them walk you through those things in detail. So I think that's a great takeaway. If you're looking to hire a new agency, again, ask about the process, ask what activities they do. Um, how do they make adjustments? What have they done for some other similar companies? Do they know your industry? Uh, do they know what services you offer? And can they basically outline a general approach and then get more specific as they learn more about you? So use the questions again that we talked about today to kind of do that research and find somebody that you trust, you believe in them, you think it's going to be a good partnership and you're not looking for, you know, a three month win all of a sudden. It is going to be a long-term process for many of the reasons we discussed. There's a lot of variables, there's a lot of unknowns, and you're competing. And that's always going to be that variable where, you know, if your competition starts stepping up their game, you're going to have to do the same. So those were two big takeaways that came out of today's episode. Again, I'd encourage you to go back and re-listen to some of those sections if you're interviewing your current agency or looking for a new agency. Um, jot down those those questions. We'll try to pull a bunch out into the show notes for you as well. Um, and with that, we will leave you uh, for, for next episode. I appreciate you guys listening. Please leave us a review. It really helps spread the word, um, help more people out. We're trying to get this information out there. We're trying to just add a lot of clarity and transparency to the industry. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.